everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are here not with the next issue of Andor Beat, but instead to talk about Tales of the Jedi, those six episodes that just released the same day as Andor, and it took me several days to finally get to. (laughs) How does it feel to have new animation? Good. Like, I... The animation is, like, style is so good. Like, especially, um, what is it, Justice and Choice. Mm -hmm. Those two episodes in particular, like, oh, the backgrounds and everything, it's so good. It makes me, like, really yearn for, like, a new animated show. Like, I know we're still going to be getting the Bad Batch, but, like, I really am, like, wanting more animation. Yeah, there's a hole in my heart where Rebels left. I feel like they haven't really ever filled the Rebels hole. Well, and I, I feel like we're going to talk about that because I also have some, like, Rebel feelings, especially considering, like, the last episode in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, Tales of the Jedi. So we got to see the very first episode when they announced it at Star Wars Celebration. And I have to say, like, after that... I was so, like, excited. Like, this was probably one of my, like, yeah, number, number one, one. Like, things. I was hyped. Now that we have it, like, out of what we've gotten this year, so we've gotten Kenobi, we've gotten Andor, and we've gotten this, I would say, mm-hmm. for me, it's Andor, Kenobi, Tales of the Jedi. Yes. I, I think that they set us up with a really big high with Tales of the Jedi, that one episode we saw. Um, so I think um, the show is a lot smaller scale than I thought it would be. I agree with that. I was so like based off of the episode that we saw, which we saw the very first one, we saw Life and Death. I was really expecting to like go on this journey, paralleling and Ana- or not Anakin, um, Ahsoka and Dooku, mm-hmm. and we get something much smaller and much quieter, I think. So, yeah, thematically, I think it's not as deep as we expected it to be. Um, I also think that the first episode we saw was very cinematic, and I don't think the other episodes were nearly as cinematic as that first one. No, I highly agree. Like, honestly, uh, like, I adore all of the Dooku episodes, but I yes. do think Life and Death was probably the best episode. Yeah, it felt... Just, like, all um, around the best episode. It felt cohesive as a short. Yes. Um, And I think where um, the other episodes kind of falter a bit is that they just feel like mini Clone Wars episodes. Yes. I agree with that. And I feel like the Dooku episodes, I feel like it's three parts of one episode. Yeah, it's like watching one Clone Wars episode with, like, time jumps. Whereas we have Life and Death felt like the perfect short, and then the other two Ahsoka episodes, like you said, it just felt like short mini Clone Wars episodes. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far into that, um, I just want to take a second to mention that Superman has stolen everything from us. Moment of silence for our boy, Geralt of Rivia. It's so upset. Like <laughs> <laughs> She's got her so- head in her hands, guys. <laughs> So we find out, out of nowhere, I must say, like, this news just dropped, like, on a Saturday afternoon that Henry Cavill will no longer be continuing The Witcher after season three, and they replaced him with Liam Hemsworth. 
I and listen, so like as we've had time to sit with the news, like more people have been coming out with how Henry Cavill has been a little bit unhappy with like the way the show is being run and all of that. So it kind of seems like he had enough and he's like, you know what, fine, I'll be Superman again. However, like looking at it from like a character's perspective, like this version of Superman gives absolutely nothing, whereas Geralt of Rivia gives so much. Like even though he's been like fighting with character development, Mm He his vision is still coming through. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Like in my mind, if I was like an actor and I had the choice between um, being just another Superman in a long line of portrayals of the character, and then the other choice being, you know, a, almost like a definitive version of this book character. You know, you got to bring him alive. You got to make him your own. Like, I would continue doing that. So I think there must be so much we don't know that's happening because... There has to be other drama that we don't know. And, like, I am really curious about season three of The Witcher now. Well, is it going to all fall apart? Are we going to watch a season and say, you know, like, we're not happy with these story choices for Geralt? And then it might be more clear as to why he left. Yeah, and, like, that breaks my heart because we've talked about this before. Like, Witcher is such a good series. Like, the first season is so good. The second season is so good. So, like, to think that it's falling apart, like, really does break my heart because it's one of those that, like, fills that dark crystal void, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a fantasy. different kind of vibe, but that fantasy yeah. vibe, yeah. And to me, like, I can't imagine watching Witcher without Henry Cavill. Like, no shame to Liam Hensworth, because, like, listen, like, am I excited about him? No, but, like, they must have picked him for, like, a reason. Like, he must be able to do it. But I just can't imagine anybody else as Geralt. Like, I don't think I could suspend disbelief. My first thought was, like, how many more seasons do they really expect The Witcher to go? Like, is there a plan here? Like, I, I assumed, you know, they're... They filmed season three. Maybe this would be a five-season kind of show because they have spinoffs now. They're doing that um, Blood Origin show. And I thought that, like, the writers were smart and they were going to tie off, you know, Geralt's story with a little bow and have, like, maybe a happily ever after for him and all the other characters and not have it kind of chug along for a really long time. So it's sad that, you know... We're going to get a different chapter in Geralt's journey that is, like, very different. Which, like, admittedly, that could also contribute to it. Because I definitely couldn't see Henry Cavill, like, wanting to just keep going as Geralt for the sake of it. Like, he wants him to have a meaningful story. So, like, that could play into it as well. Personally, I was surprised when they said season four. I don't know why I was kind of assuming season three was going to be it. I, yeah. like, I, like, completely made that up in my brain that, like, that was going to be it. I guess they figure there's so many books. Yeah. But that's just, it's going to backfire on Netflix. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, if you're not, like, planning how you're going to adapt, like, that chunk of a story, like, that's how you run into problems. And, like, we've already seen that happen with Game of Thrones. Like, I've seen this film before. <laughs> so it's, it's really disappointing. Um... However, the good news is, is that 
we are like a month away from Willow, so like maybe mm-hmm. Willow will help patch that hole up. You know, <laughs> we got a new poster for Willow today. Actually, it looks so good. It's a beautiful I'm, poster. I'm very excited for Willow. I really want to rewatch the original before the show mm-hmm. comes out. Do not let me well, forget. We have to do it Thanksgiving weekend because Willow comes out the week after. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm excited. I think that's gonna be good. Like, I'm, I'm so disappointed about Witcher, but like, and the and the blood the blood origin show is actually starting in December. I think that's true. So maybe like. Part of me, since we just got some, like, Doctor Who stuff, is, like, wondering if they're going to, like, pull a Doctor Who and that's how they're going to make it make sense or something. <laughs> that he regenerates. Not not exactly, but, like, I don't know, like, some kind of explanation for why he looks different. Because I can't imagine them just, like, not acknowledging that it's a whole-ass different actor, right? I mean, like, obviously they did that with Harry Potter, but, like, at the same time, like, it didn't matter. But, like, for this, like, I can't imagine them not having to say something about why he's different. All right, so officially getting into Tales of the Jedi, the first thing I want to bring up is the order of these episodes. I hate the order. It's really weird, right? Since when has Star Wars ever cared about showing us stuff in chronological order? But it's still not in chronological order. Is it not? No, because Ahsoka is younger than Anakin, and Anakin wouldn't like if she was born and then we go into like Qui-Gon as a Padawan like no that she's not born yet is what you're saying yeah she can't be born yet okay she's like Han's age so even then so they really put the most impressive episode first they said Mm -hmm. we're gonna um get people into this and then that's so weird though then why not just do the three Ahsoka episodes first personally like when I learned that they were mixed up, like, I thought it was going to be, like, Ahsoka, Dooku, Ahsoka, Dooku. Like, I no, thought it was going to flip back and forth. That they would pair. Like, that makes that sense, That they were going to pair up. Yeah, and, and they don't. But they don't. They don't even thematically pair up. Like, you no. could, it would it would be janky. Like, it would be so weird. Yeah, like, that's what I was expecting. I, I They really made it sound like this was going to be a story of these two Jedi, and it's like, well, why did they pick Ahsoka and Dooku? So, like, naturally, we were all theorizing that, like, well, you know, they both leave the Order, so maybe it's going to show, like, some parallels of how things were differently between them. And that's just not what happened. <laughs> like, it's just stories about Ahsoka and Dooku. Yeah. episodes. And, like, that's, that's fine. And, like, they are good, but, like... I was just expecting so much more, yeah. so, like, I am disappointed. versus reality. Yeah. Well, like, you could even see, so I was trying to write in themes, and I wrote, like, some great ones for Dooku, and then I got to Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and I just don't yes. know what they were trying to say. Um, Dooku had a great thematic story arc. Ahsoka, like, you know, that first life and death episode, how does that necessarily connect with the second episode, right? Like, how... It doesn't. And I thought they were gonna... Uh, my whole theory was, like, well, the first episode is her um, birth, and the last episode is gonna be her death. Or, like, close to end of end of, end of of age, like, end of her life. Because I don't think... I did not expect them to go into detail about how she dies, because they're not gonna give us that anytime no, soon, I think. No, but, like, we... 
her death, as we know it, was when she faced Vader. Obviously, we know that she survived. She becomes Ahsoka the mm-hmm. White. But, like, it could have been that well, perspective. That would have been cool because if they had done life, rebirth, and then end of life, death-ish, like, some sort of theme, you know? Well, and, like, I, there's even times, so, like, in these notes where I was trying to make connections between the Ahsoka and Dooku episodes, and it just wasn't quite working. Um, because, like, with Dooku, it's such a clear story of his disillusionment with not only the Jedi Order, but also mm-hmm. the Republic as a whole, and yeah. exposing the corruption on Coruscant with the senators and then bleeding into the Jedi Council. Like, it is such a clear three-part story yeah. that so why it feels like one episode. Why didn't we get a story of um, a character that leans more light side that also becomes delu- disillusioned? Like, we have one that leans a little bit more dark side, one that leans a little bit more light side, and how they both see the disillusionment. Like, we didn't get that with Ahsoka. Well, like, here's the thing. Ah- Ahsoka is a good counterpart to Dooku, but, like, honestly, if we wanted, like, the best character to parallel him, it's Obi-Wan. Mm, Yeah. And there's even a line where Dooku, like, and I mean, obviously, it's alluding to him, you know, later on in the Clone Wars and in Revenge of the Sith, um, saying that he, like, wants to meet Obi-Wan someday. That is so interesting. And especially because later on, like, Dooku talks about how, like, Qui-Gon could have, would have, should have joined him and then obviously Qui-Gon trained Obi-Wan. So like that also brings up some interesting questions. Yeah. So I arranged these into the two separate characters. So for the show, it goes one Ahsoka episode, all three Dooku episodes, and then the last two Ahsoka episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've already said, that order feels really strange. Like when I watched these originally, since I had already seen the first episode and it took me so long to get to these, I did skip the first one. So I watched the three Dooku episodes and I was like riding that high. Yeah. And then I go I go into that second Ahsoka episode and I was like, oh. Because it does feel like a Clone Wars episode. And it's not that it's not good. It's just very... I mean, it's Order 66 again. It's cameos. You know, it, I mean, it's good, but like it's definitely trying to pull a fan reaction. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I... Don't really know why we needed it. I don't think we did. I don't know what the point of it was. Uh, Like, to me, there's no point to that episode other than, like, making the fans, like, feel feelings. Um, And then, like, we'll talk about the last episode. But with that one, like, I have a a lot of opinions on. Um, I will say, like, as a whole, like, this is all sounding, like, extremely negative. Because, like, we do have some negative feelings about it. But, like, I do, like this theory i liked the episodes i think the animations was really good i think the stories were written really well i hope that we continue to get more from like different characters yeah like let's do this again with two others yeah I, i want them to keep doing that i think there's like limitless possibilities if you continue to do it this way mm-hmm. i just think that especially with the ahsoka ones it just wasn't as strong as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, considering that um, Star Wars animation has done 
comparisons so well before. Like, when I think about having two characters kind of thematically mirroring each other, I think about Kaz and... um, Tam, Tam. Tam, yeah. Like, you have these two characters going different paths, but thematically intersecting. And they did it so well. And, like, why don't we get something like that? They also do that a little bit with Maul and Ezra as well. Yes, yes. Like, I... They've done it better in, like, a single narrative mm -hmm. rather than separate. Well, and I've always known animation, um, whether it's Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance, it doesn't matter. Like, I've always known animation to, like, above all, be such a good storytelling medium. Like, whether it's quote-unquote filler episodes or anything like that like it it's always servicing the story yes and I don't know what it is I don't know if it's because Ahsoka has kind of become like a sore spot with the live action but I'm I'm starting to get this weird vibe from this new storytelling with Ahsoka yeah it, it's and starting it's just, to just give me a weird and vibe Dave is still helming all of this and yeah. it's just confusing, I think. Maybe that's, you know, us fans becoming more disillusioned with Dave Filoni. Which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he is a person. Like, he can do wrong. Like, there is no such thing as, you know, somebody who can never totally. do wrong. Unless you are Ben Solo, of course. <laughs> um, but, like, I kind of feel like, he has this idea of, like, who Ahsoka is in his head, and I think she has transcended that, and he hasn't been able to let that go. She, yeah, he hasn't, like, brought her back, like, brought her back to basics, you know, like. Yeah, like, and and again, like, she's his character, like, I can totally understand that, but she's gone so far especially with like fan interpretation and like things like that that I, I kind of it just feels like he's holding on a little too hard to that mm-hmm. I think yeah so let's start with these three Dooku episodes because like we said like this feels like a thematic arc these three episodes work together so well like when i heard about tales of the jedi like these three episodes this is exactly what i thought we were gonna get and it totally met my expectations like i really really mm-hmm. was into these we got to see uh dooku in three different times of his life we got to see him age three different beard styles <laughs> i was living for that listen dark haired dark haired beard bearded dooku was a look. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so surprised by some details of his story. And I really think mm-hmm. like, I'm excited to get into this. Yeah. So right off the bat, the first episode we get is Justice. And this takes place when Dooku still has a young Padawan that is Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, and Qui-Gon is sporting some cleavage in this episode. <laughs> um, what I really loved immediately is the vibe it felt like a penny dreadful like it felt like a monster story like i I felt like we were entering like 
a village in Romania, like this was about to become like a Dracula story, mm-hmm. just with the trees, with the way the houses were done, with the way the people looked, the lighting, and then Dooku himself is like, looks very Dracula. Yeah. I was living for this vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, this is a story with baby Qui-Gon. <laughs> what did you think of baby Qui-Gon? You know what? I actually loved um, Qui-Gon in both of his episodes. That's a, that's a lot coming from me. I know. I know. Shannon, like, hates Qui-Gon, guys. I hate Qui-Gon so much. But, like, honestly, especially after the third episode, I was like, damn, I think I'm on your side, Qui-Gon. Because in this, like, he's playing the part of kind of, like, showing that Dooku is going too far because yeah. they're they're on this planet because these villagers have kidnapped the senator's son and they quickly find out that like it's the senator who is really corrupt like even the son who's being held prisoner is like yeah no like this is messed up like yeah. my dad is terrible and Dooku even says like corruption like yours must be eradicated like he gets very upset by the fact that like this was allowed to happen and these people are living this way which like he's right but he does push it too far because he Mm -hmm. almost kills the senator and like i almost said obi-wan qui-gon is the one to be like no like we you have to pull back qui-gon is like his like good angel on his shoulder yes yes I like that imagery a lot because when he loses Qui-Gon, like, he's lost that, like, good angel on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Because that would mean that the bad angel on his shoulder would be Darth Sidious. And Ooh. that's, yeah, I like that a lot. I also really like at the end of this episode, um, they wonder if there's going to be any meaningful change because, like, the sun seems very adamant on, like, turning things around. Mm-hmm. And there's just this questioning with Dooku, like, is it going to matter? Like, yeah, he's starting to see the cracks in the glass with this episode. And we see it more in the next episode, too. Like, so I have a question. So, like, you know, the first episode was called Justice. The second one is called Choice. Why do you think it was called Choice? He does make choices to go against the order. He does. Um, you know, and in this episode, we see him more um, compared to Mace instead of Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. And Mace is all about the rules. Um, and obviously, Dooku doesn't really care about them. Um, so I guess, like, the choice here is really him going against the order um, the expectations of the order. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the reason I asked because there's no clear, like, him making a choice. Like, when you get an episode called Choice, like, you expect to see, like, that character being faced with those things. Mm-hmm. And even watching it again, like, I wasn't sure. But I think you're right. Like, Mace Windu is somebody who he doesn't like it when you question things. He doesn't like it when you don't take the council for its word like he follows the rules he's mm-hmm. climbing the ranks like he doesn't he, question anything 
Yeah, he he's a good soldier. And, like, this is even, like, before the war. And he's, like, a good soldier type of character. And I don't even think it's that Dooku doesn't care about the rules. I think his set of morals and right and wrong is just very different than Mace's. Mm-hmm. To because the point in where this like, episode, like, Dooku thinks... Like, he is, like, trying to do what's best for the Jedi that was killed. Like, he is, like, this yes. is, this is like, one of my peers. This is a friend that I'm going to find justice for. You know, like, I'm going to find out what happened to them. Well, and you even see, like, where these two characters are very different. Because he asks Mace, like, wouldn't you want this to, wouldn't you want her to do this for you? Like, because Mace wants to leave and be like, okay, so, like, obviously there's something else going on. Like, we need to leave and go talk to the council. And he's like, would you want her to leave your body here with questions unanswered because obviously um, Dooku would want Mace and I think her name was Katri Mm -hmm. to like ask these questions and get to the bottom of it and Mace is like I'd want her to follow protocols like yeah no so they're they're very much nothing going on like no thought like he blindly follows orders yes and it is interesting like I I don't think they've made his like Shatterpoint thing canon because it was like it was a thing in Legends where he could like sense like Shatterpoints of like individuals and things and like it's like almost like a future thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if that does become canon, like it still is very odd to me that he is just so like we're just following orders. He almost. Like, it, it's weird for me to say this because, like, he is such a perfect Jedi and Jedi are supposed to be selfish, selfless, but he almost feels very selfish because at the end we find out that, like, since he did everything perfectly, he's, he's the one who gets promoted and not Dooku. And Dooku is upset because he's like, well, did you know, like, did you know this was happening the whole time? And Mace is like, no, I found out when you did, like. Yeah, well, and, like, I would be upset, too, because, like. Dooku actually uncovered corruption. Like, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be keeping the peace and, like, uncovering this corruption, and he's not exactly punished for it, but he's not rewarded for it. Yeah, Mace is even like, well, I'm going to have a word with the council to make sure, like, you're not reprimanded, basically. Like, that's what he implies. Yeah, and it's I'm like, just like, why would I be reprimanded? Yeah, I... Yeah, I would totally be upset if I was Dooku in this situation, um, because Dooku was the one who made choices in he this made whole choices. episode. Yes. Mace makes like no choices besides following protocol, being like, I need to do what I've always been taught to do. Like, no, there's no deep thought in that. There's no like considering other sources. And like, Dooku is continuously making choices for the both of them in this episode. Yeah, Mace is definitely very passive, whereas Dooku is an active character. You're right. Like, he's the one making the decisions. He's the one making choices. And as Mace said, like, because of Dooku's actions, a senator gets killed. But then the second he said that, I'm like, okay, but, like, Mace is the one who kills a guard. Yeah. Dooku doesn't kill or hurt anyone like they're always like you know jedi defend like he's always defending like when that guard goes to shoot mace like he deflects the bolt away but before that when they were doing all those deflections nobody got hit and yet in that moment when he deflects that blaster bolt it kills the guard yeah well mace has control over that 
Yeah. He, so like, he, I, like I think Mace made the choice and killed the guard. Yeah. And that's not a very Jedi thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then like to see him get promoted out in the after the whole thing is said and done. Yeah. It it's. It's really, honestly, like, because I don't like Mace Windu as a character, but, like, I would like more insight into him. Yeah. Because he is, like, honestly, I would still say that Obi-Wan is, like, the quote-unquote perfect Jedi, but I think Mace is what this corrupted system wants the perfect Jedi to be. Yeah, not questioning protocol. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan has always been question protocol to his morals and i think that mace doesn't do that like he doesn't think about his morals it's just i have to he just does what he's told yeah Mm -hmm. which like that's kind of the weird thing because obviously he does stand up against palpatine in the end and i think it's just because like palpatine was outed as a sith lord but I kind of feel like if that hadn't happened, like, Mace would fit perfectly in with the Empire. Yeah, like an Inquisitor? I, I mean, kind of. Like, from what we've seen, like, in Rebels, especially now, like, in Andor, like, obviously, like, not one of those, like, crazy, evil, weird Inquisitors, <laughs> but mm-hmm. just, like, his unshakable loyalty. Like, you tell him to do to something rules. and he does it. To, yeah. like, being confined to rules. Yeah, like, and that's... That's how the Empire operates. So I feel like he, he kind of fits that. Like, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm kind of like, you know what? Like, I'm on the side of the Separatists right now. And, like, every single one of these episodes, I'm like, the Republic's not good. The Republic has been corrupted. So that brings us to the last Dooku episode, and it's called The Sith Lord, which can be taken a couple of different ways, because by the end of it, we do see the birth of Darth Tyrannus. Um, we do also have Darth Plagueis, in it, not Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious in it, um, and then Darth Maul is mentioned. So, like, there's three different ones who could be the Sith Lord within this episode. Sorry, Gwen is, like, talking to me. Can I just say, oh, I also forgot to mention in choice, um, that the forest in that episode looks so Lord of the Rings, and I was here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. It the was, trees? like, fall. Yeah, it was beautiful. I ha- like, we don't see fall that often, like, orange uh, leaves and red leaves in Star Wars very often. And it was exciting because it. you say War of the Rings. I was thinking about Frozen 2. Oh, okay. But yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so, like, the, the vibe is just, like, I'm living for because in the first episode it was, like, creepy dead trees and then we get fall trees and then with this episode we open up in the jedi archives which is books and like i think dark i think dooku is our dark academia king yes i think he is mm-hmm. and we get a tree in this episode too <sighs> oh my god so the fact that this episode opens up with dooku deleting kamino from the archives I was immediately transported to Dooku Jedi Lost. Mm-hmm. Like, this episode works so perfectly with Dooku Jedi Lost, in my opinion. I love when Star Wars does that. I know. Like, I, I love when the synergy machine is it on full throttle, you know? <laughs> um, but, like, it, it's not just that. Like, him walking through here, deleting Kamino. Like, he, he looks kind of, like, exhausted, that, like, mm-hmm. he's doing this. 
And like, if you if you read Dooku Jedi Lost, like you know what happens like with Sipedius and like how all this stuff came to be. So like, it makes sense why he's so tired. And people are talking about something that happened with Qui Gon, and oh my gosh, he talks to Jocasta about it. You ship them? <laughs> yeah. Do you not ship them? Yes. No, I ship them. <laughs> Duke New Crumbs, that height difference, hello? Yeah, the height difference, for sure. Like, our, my favorite crack shift finally interacted on screen. Like, <laughs> hello? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we find out that the reason everybody's talking about Qui-Gon is because he just encountered Darth Maul on Tatooine, so we are officially in Phantom Menace territory. I didn't know that Dooku was still with the Jedi, Neither did I. This far along in the timeline. Like Neither him, did I. Like, so when we see him in Attack of the Clones, it's fresh. Like, it's, like, pretty, well. Well, it, 10 well, years. Yeah. Somewhere in, <laughs> but <still>. yeah. <laughs> but still. <laughs> I mean, it's, it says a lot, though, the fact that the last straw for him with the Jedi was the death of his apprentice, like, the death of his Padawan. Mm-hmm. That hit, that was insane because we we knew that he left. We knew from Dooku Jedi Lost. We knew from these other two episodes, like, he was disillusioned. Like, he was seeing this corruption. He couldn't stand for it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, He starts working with Palpatine, you know, under the guise of Darth Sidious, you know, because he is so fed up with everything. We know that he goes back to Sereno and becomes, like, the leader of the Separatist movement. But the fact that the last straw was that the council didn't listen to Qui-Gon when he said that there was a Sith on Tatooine and that resulted in Qui-Gon's death. Yeah. That being the last straw was... Heartbreaking. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my heart's broken. <laughs> and just ugh, that whole scene with him at the tree, like, and he mentions that Qui-Gon was born on Coruscant, which I had no idea, and that... Qui-Gon was always obsessed with this tree because he'd never known anything like it. And, like, in Master and Apprentice, we find out that Qui-Gon, like, has an affinity for, like, living, growing things. Like, Because mm-hmm. he the was synergy. surrounded by concrete. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 like, such a beautiful ending to this, like, Dooku arc um, because... He's not that different from Obi-Wan, you know? Like, Mm -mm. Obi-Wan, like, becomes disillusioned in, like, solitude, you know? And um, I guess it's not the exact same, but, like, you know, to Obi-Wan, Anakin's dead. Like, Anakin died that night, you know? Um, It's the, the partnership between Master and Apprentice is very close and you know sometimes we forget about how these people are basically big brother little brother kind of roles well and you spend so much time with them like we see a lot with these apprentice like relationships it's either you know a sibling feeling like that or sometimes you know it's like a familial like parent child type Mm -hmm. of vibe which I think is especially important considering these Jedi are taken at such a young age. Like, they don't know yeah. their parents. They only know the Order. And so, I mean, I could see Dooku feeling a little bit like he'd lost a son in that mm-hmm. moment. And personally, like, I get huge 
like drawbacks to Anakin, especially in like the final scene where he's like with Darth Sidious. It was really giving me, um, you know, like the Anakin when he kills Windu instead, and he's like, you know, what have I done? It really gives me those vibes. Yeah. Can we talk about Yaddle? Can we please talk about Yaddle? Oh my god. Um, so Bryce Dallas Howard voices Yaddle. My first thought when I heard her talk was like, wow, this doesn't sound like Bryce Dallas Howard like at all. And she wow, really Yoda did. really is a freak. And yeah, exactly. The second thought was, wait, she doesn't speak backwards. Um, so that's Yoda's choice. Yoda is choosing to do that. It is not, like, a species thing, I guess. So that means that, like, when Grogu starts talking, he's probably going to start talking normal like his dad. That's so wild. Like, I I loved everything about Yaddle. Like, she's always been one of those characters that, like, is just, like, we don't know anything about her. She's just around. And, I mean, she was around in Dooku Jedi Lost as well. Like, Dooku has always known her. And had kind of, like, he was trained by Yoda, so, and Yaddle's always been around, so the fact that they brought her in for this to be, like, a friend and ally of Dooku throughout the episode was such a good choice. Mm-hmm. Especially because the other two episodes, um, he has male, you know, um, partnerships. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we get to see him interact with, like, a female character, and that has, like, a bit of a different vibe to it than we saw in the other episodes. It does. And I feel like the only other character you could really pull to be in this role is Yoda, which obviously wouldn't work. And with Yaddle, like, we find out that she actually stepped down from the council because she as well is kind of, like, seeing some weird yeah. things. So she she agrees with him. Like, she's not as extreme as he is, what she says. She says, you know, we have to exercise caution, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she definitely really sympathizes with him. Like, the scene where he's, like, mourning Qui-Gon at the tree and she comes. Like, she is there to comfort him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really big deal because these Jedi are supposed to, like not have attachments so obviously it's really hard to mourn people when you're not supposed to be as attached as you are you know Mm -hmm. and she doesn't shame him for that she just he's like you know i'm gonna let it go i'll be fine and she is just like you know it's it's okay to be feeling your feelings yeah like look at yato having like a good head on her shoulders really um considering everything and having like I guess like a clear path for herself like knowing right having good morals and knowing Mm. where to put your foot down when when you need to yeah which and obviously she pays the ultimate price for that but the fact that she was concerned enough about Dooku's well-being to follow him like she wasn't I don't think she was like suspicious of like his behavior I think she was just like this man is really hurting. I don't know what he's going to do. So she follows him and, of course, finds out that he's betrayed the order. He has, you know, been working and doing things. Like, Duke even says, you know, how many people have already died because of my actions? Like, Mm -hmm. I think he was about to say to Sidious, like, I don't want to do this anymore. But then when Yaddle shows up, like, 
he doesn't have a choice. It's either it's either ally himself with this order that he doesn't want to be with anymore by stepping to Yaddle or stepping to Sidious and continuing down this path that he has set himself on. Well, also, he probably knew that, like, he's not powerful enough for Sidious. He probably, like, knows. They both would have been dead if he sided with Yaddle. Yeah, no matter what, and I think he knew this, Yaddle was going to die the second she set foot in that hangar. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't going to get out of there alive. And, and part she really of me, went through it. I She really did. That was not a merciful death. Um, he crushes her with those doors and you're like, oh, she's dead. And then somehow she's not. Yeah. She's very weak. So, oh my God. Well, and part of me thinks that like, he was being merciful because especially, well, I think in comparison to what would have happened if Palpatine. Yeah. I, I think, um. But, like, that's where I got, like, these really huge Anakin vibes. Like, especially, like, when Anakin kills Dooku, when Anakin turns against Mace Windu. Especially because, like, he kills Yaddle and he's, like, on his knees. And that's when he becomes a Sith Lord. And it's the same thing that happened to Anakin. It was, like, Mm -hmm. when you finally turned your back on the Jedi to the point where you kill another Jedi, like, you have become a Sith Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's just... Oh, that was so good. And I I felt like it was such a good place to go with these three episodes, just showing how that disillusionment took him all the way to this point. And I feel like it gives me a new perspective for where we see him later. Like, obviously, he's with the Separatists, but, like, he's being played, too. Like, he doesn't know that this is a war that nobody can win. Like, he thinks he's doing the right thing yeah. being against the Republic. Like, he doesn't know what's going on either. The only he's person who knows everything is Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. Palpatine's playing both sides, and he is still just one of the pieces. So I think with that, it's time to move on to Ahsoka. Yeah. Obviously, best place to start, episode one. Such a good episode. Life and death. I really do love this episode. It's a gorgeous episode. The, um environments are beautiful um you know the animation for especially like the animals um like gorgeous and this like cinematic like wide just like nature you know like it's just so gorgeous it's a part of star wars that like i don't think we've seen a ton of like the whole thing is on another planet it's all focused in on this one species, which is the Torguda, and, like, they have such an interesting culture, and you, it feels so, like, complex and three-dimensional, like, and lived in, Mm -hmm. and I really, really like that, because, like, obviously Ahsoka is in this episode, but, like, this is literally the birth of Ahsoka, like, we see that, like, she is born, and then it's, like, a year later, like, she's a one-year-old, so this episode is really about, like, her mother, Pavti, yeah, and it, and she's voiced by Janina G- Gavin Carr, who is Iden Versio, aka um, nostril operator yes. for sweater Kala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I remember watching this at um, celebration and like the conversation that they had about like her being Ahsoka's mom. Like she gets it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, she she gets it. She gets the character. She gets the role. She gets the story. Like, it just, it all worked really, really well for me in this episode. Yeah. And, like, we get to see, by the end of the episode, we find out that Ahsoka has Force powers um, through her connection with, like, the jungle cat kind of mm-hmm. and it really reminded me of Tarzan like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really really like baby Tarzan um you know and the jaguar and all that I mean I know it didn't that the parents didn't succumb to death like in Tarzan thing <laughs> thankfully but like yes, the vibe was similar mm-hmm. I'm so glad that the mom didn't die yeah like, could you imagine? I mean, what's the point? Like, what would have been the point of that other than making the audience It would have just been making sad. the audience sad. Because, like, Ahsoka wouldn't remember her, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do love that I, I feel like in this, it really is about, like, Ahsoka, like, taming the beast. And I feel like that kind of parallels Anakin a little bit. And, like, it's so upsetting because, like, I truly do think, like, Ahsoka could have redeemed Anakin, but, like, obviously she couldn't because we know that eventually it's Luke. Yeah. But I, I feel like this is, like, an allusion to that. Yeah. Like, taming I, I that mean, darkness. Ahsoka knew Anakin a lot better. Yeah. I, I, that's really where I think it was kind of, like, alluding to. And personally, I, I loved this world so much. I even loved the fact that, like, for a moment, I really felt this watching it a second time, when the, um, like, matriarch walks in and, you know, Pavti names Ahsoka, like, she just says Ahsoka, like, for a second, it it almost is like she's addressing the matriarch as Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And so, personally, I would have loved to see within Ahsoka's episodes her return to this planet. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of wish that after... Like, so in the third episode, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, um, we get the funeral scene and then she goes off. Like, I wish where she had gone off to was this planet. Mm-hmm. Because, to see where she came from. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not a secret that, like, this is where Torguda come from. And, like, they have a culture because, like, they they have, like, their own planet that they come from and all of that. So I don't think it would be unreasonable for her to go and, like, reconnect Mm-hmm. I I think that would have been a really really cool way to like draw it all back together. Alas, it didn't. Alas, <laughs> the fifth episode, practice makes perfect, aka one of my favorite um fix to return to. What a great three shot! <laughs> Has nothing to do with this at all. Um, what a great three shot, Violet. I still read it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um. This is when we get funny Yoda just sitting. Yeah, so <laughs> just vibing. <laughs> I, I, things I took away from this episode was Yoda just vibing in the background. Um, <laughs> Ahsoka is kind of uh, training, um, doing some like trial kind of stuff. Um, Anakin arrives late, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, not strange. Um, I'm not but character. <laughs> He tells her, you know, like, this isn't, like, the real life. Like, you need training, real-life training. So um, he uh, brings her to where some of the uh, clone troopers are and gets them all to basically shoot at her. Yes. <laughs> and 
Um, Until she knocks out. It's brutal. Yes. Um, it, like, Anakin, I think he went a little too far. <laughs> yes. I I felt that. Like, because she, they have, obviously, their blaster set to stun. But, like, that's still, like, traumatic well, yeah, to get first, hit like that. She's, like, the, fir- the first time she goes out, it's for a whole hour. Yeah. And she's, like weak every time she gets up and she keeps like going and he's like again 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 like constantly mm-hmm. so like it it's a lot um and she does say you know like there's no point in this like droids aren't nearly as good as you know rex's men and he's like that's the point like if yeah. you're good enough to beat them then droids aren't a problem and this whole episode, the point of it was to connect it to Order 66 when she has to go in with Rex and basically make her way out of clone troopers during that order is called. Um, to me, it just felt like some deleted scenes from the seventh season of Clone Wars. It's like almost like they had this idea to show this scene of her training and learning how to master clone troopers. And... They decided they weren't going to put it in the episode maybe because of runtime. I agree. Like, the whole time I was watching it, especially coming off of three Dooku episodes in a row, like, the tone shift was, like, very apparent. Um, especially at the beginning of the episode, it, ju- it just feels very, like, classic Clone Wars. Like, we even get, like, Caleb Dune, like, in the background, mm-hmm. just, like, having a great time. And to me, like... I don't really like the idea of attributing the fact that she was able to escape Order 66 because Anakin made her train this way. Like, it, it, it's it's weird because, like, obviously she would because he was her master and blah, blah, blah. But, like, at the same time, like, it's not like he knew she was going to need to be able to evade the dro- the um, the clones. And it's not like we needed to know how she did it. No. It's, uh, like, does it give you the, does it give you the vibe that it's almost, like, proving to us she's not a Mary Sue? Like, oh, this is how she trained for this big episode that happened. Kind of. Like, a little bit. And to me, like, it was only building up to that shock value of her going in to face the clones at the end. Mm -hmm. Which, like, is, like, heart-wrenching and, like, it, it is, like, very shocking, but it it just felt very manipulative, kind of. Yeah. Like, it, like, I don't mean it as, it, like, this is, you know, terrible or whatever, but, like, it, it just felt very hollow to me. And, like, I, I do say this as a person who, like, Clone Wars isn't nostalgia for me. Um, like, I didn't grow up watching it. Like, I still haven't seen all of it. Like, I've seen, like, the big arcs and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I understand the people who, like, it really pulls at them to see Anakin and Obi-Wan again and, like, Ahsoka and Rex and all of them. But for me, it just felt like that was the only reason we had the episode was to make those people feel that way. Also, I, I don't think I ever got the impression from the panel, at least, that this was going to be Clone Wars adjacent because this episode doesn't make sense to someone who hasn't seen that episode of of Clone Wars. Yeah, I I feel like those first four episodes, even if, like, you've only seen the movies, you could watch all those. Mm -hmm. Or, like, even if you, like, if you've seen the movies and, like, maybe a little bit of 
like Mando or something like I feel like a casual fan could watch that and be like, whoa, you know, someone who hasn't seen Clone Wars won't understand that episode. Though. No, like th- this episode means nothing if you haven't watched Clone Wars. It doesn't mean anything. And that's, it just feels kind of weird because of that. So in the notes, I was really, like, reaching for a connection. And Anakin does say, like, this is about life and death. And I was like, hey, that's the name of the other Ahsoka episode. But, like, I don't think it was meant to be a connection. (laughs) Like, I think it was just me reaching for something. So the final episode, um, episode six, it's also the last Ahsoka episode, uh, is called Resolve. And this one has been a controversial one because there is the Ahsoka novel. It came out um, many years ago, I think, like, 2015, 2016. Like, it, it's been out for a while. Yeah. Um, it is by E.K. Johnston, but it is the story of Ahsoka becoming Fulcrum and, like, joining the fight again. And episode six kind of tells that story and changes it. And yeah. it doesn't feel right. Um, so, like, there's some retconning going on. And I've seen a lot of back and forth within the community. Some people saying, you know, no, like, people are mad because it retconned it completely in all these different ways. But the way that I see it, it's more about the erasure of some characters. Um than them necessarily changing the story just a little bit, you know? Like, it's more about the representation that was in the book that is now gone. Um, Because if it had been, like, low-stakes things that had been retconned, I don't think any of us would be complaining nearly as much. Yeah, like, to me, it's that plus the fact that it's just feels so anticlimactic, I guess. Yeah. Because the beginning of the episode is really good. Like, we see Ahsoka attending Padme's funeral. And, like, the sh- the funeral is, like, shot for shot. Like, it, it is very well done. Um, Ahsoka is, like, really upset. She talks to Bale, which is awesome. And he literally tells her, you know, there's nothing you could have done for either of them. And I loved that. And I, I loved him, you know, giving her this um, communicator and being like, you know, please reach out to me if you need me. And to me, I feel like you could have taken Ahsoka anywhere, but to take her to a story that's already been told. And like Dave even said, like, this is the story that he basically gave to EK. And just to tell it again is weird. I don't understand why you would waste a whole budget on that. Yeah, because, like, and, you know, I am not a fan of E.K. as a person. I think as a author, she's perfectly fine. I honestly do like the Ahsoka novel. I like the representation she gives because she introduces, like, these two sisters. They are, you know, POC. Um, they're queer characters. And that whole book is Ahsoka, like, gaining her resolve back. And the final fight like even I remember this with the Inquisitor is like really monumentous like it, it's so impactful and then this it's over in like two seconds mm-hmm. and the sisters aren't in it 
And instead, it's two unnamed white siblings. And it just, it feels weird to me. Like, it's such a weird choice. If you wanted to tell the story, like, why not just tell it how it had already been told? Episodes five and six, it's a lot of, like, why. It it really is. Like, Like, that's why why I struggle with, like, what is the theme, you know? Like, I feel like we don't see Ahsoka going on any kind of journey. Like, it's... Her when she's a one-year-old, which obviously she's not developing. She's a one-year-old. And then we see her in the Clone Wars, exactly how we've always seen her. And then, I mean, I guess if you haven't read the Ahsoka novel, like, this episode is okay. But even then, Mm -hmm. like, it's over so fast. Like, this whole episode, this whole, like, ten minutes is what I wanted for a whole Ahsoka show. Like, ten episodes. And instead it was, like, 10 minutes. I think that the... Going back to, like, we were talking about the theme of Ahsoka's arc. It should have been, like, birth. It should have been rebirth. Because they could have done that first episode. Then they could have done her uh, rebirth into, like, Fulcrum. Mm -hmm. And then the rebirth into... Ahsoka the um, White. Ahsoka the White. Mm -hmm. And, like... it would have been if they're gonna retell anything th- from the book, they should have retold the um, prologue. Yeah, like that was with Bale, right? That's when. Yeah. If you're gonna retell anything, that's what you retell. And connecting oh, yeah. it to that scene with the funeral and everything would have worked well, probably. I I feel like this whole episode could have just been all that funeral stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I and I think that would have been perfectly fine. Like I think. Have it be the funeral, I think. Have it be her having that conversation with Bale. Maybe there's, like, a little bit of drama with her escaping. And then just have it end with her, like, putting the communicator away and just not thinking about it, you know? Because then it still would have paralleled Dooku's disillusionment. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it still would have... I think hers still wouldn't have been as strong as Dooku's, but it would have paralleled that disillusionment story. But instead, like, we see her take down that Inquisitor, who was super cool, but, like, for what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) He looked cool. He looked cool, but he got taken down within, like, two seconds. Um, And then she calls Bail and joins him, and that's that. Like, there just wasn't really anything to it. it. It didn't feel very high stakes, honestly. And, like, the whole village burns down anyway and everybody dies, so it's like, okay. I also was grasping at something to connect them. Um, The loader droids are the same that are loading the hay. Oh, yeah, the one that's kind of, like, falling, like, they're almost, like, falling over. Yeah, and they're even, like, I when I was watching it again, like, they are also loading carts of hay in that first thing. So I was like, oh, is it supposed to be, like, the same planet? Except it's probably not. Like, I think I'm just, I'm making, I've connected two dots for no reason. But (laughs) overall, like, I wish that the purpose of Tales of the Jedi was to show connections and like illusions and parallels between like two very different characters but at the end of the day i think it's just random stories of jedi yeah just 10 minute minute stories yeah and like that's fine it just 
I was expecting more. I would watch episodes one through four like over and over. Yeah. But those those are good. Especially all of Dooku's like man, could you imagine watching like the first two episodes of those Dooku arcs and then listening to Jedi Lost and then watching the last episode? Ooh, like that would be really fun. That would be really fun. And that's the thing too. So like those episodes work perfectly with Jedi Lost and yet Ahsoka's don't with her book. And like here's the thing. It's a choice. Like I, yeah, and it's like, you know, I don't like EK. I am tired of her writing books for Star Wars and all of that, but at the same time, like that book is not bad and a lot of people love it and find comfort and feel seen because of the representation in it. Mm-hmm. And now it's gone. Looking forward, getting back into Andor. So we have five episodes left to cover, I believe. So our next episode, we're kind of switching up our schedule since we had three episodes drop all at once. It's going to change how the arcs are. So our next episode is going to be episodes eight, nine, and ten. And then we're going to have a final episode with 11 and 12 will be the finale episode because how it was supposed to be originally is 12 would have been by itself which just like no we're gonna we're gonna do it with 11 so two mm-hmm. more issues of Andor beat magazine what drama awaits us until next season <laughs> until next season xoxo gossip girl <laughs> If you want to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.